Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast, the best podcast ever. We're talking about Of Human Bondage, chapter 122, the final chapter, and we're talking about just the whole book in general. It's the wrap-up episode. Um, also, a lot going on over at the subreddit, or all the subreddits. Um, moving towards the end of the year, everyone's scrambling around. All the mods of all the spin-off subs are, are trying to figure out their schedules for next year. It's pretty exciting. So, um, it all this whole thing started with a year of war and peace. That's the that's the grandfather sub. That's the OG sub where they first, or we first, started the whole um, one-chapter-per-day discussion forum sort of format. Uh, After we did A Year of War and Peace, the first year, uh, at the end of the year, I spun off and made uh, the Hemingway list. Um, And there was another spin-off, A Year of Les Miserables. There was another one, A Year of Monte Cristo, A Year of Middlemarch, a whole bunch of sort of A Year of... Uh, book clubs, but a year of war and peace is sort of the the granddaddy, you know. So that's always kind of to me like the home base of all these spin-off subs, including the Hemingway list, uh, which I just think is so cool. So there's talk about like will they be do um, the mods are saying are we going to read War and Peace again next year? I don't think they knew that we are reading it yet at this point. Um, but it's like, oh yeah, you are definitely reading it again next year. And not only are you reading it, all of the Hemingway list or whoever's sticking around, we're going to raid your subreddit and participate every day. And so that's kind of how I want to um, format it or structure this whole thing. The daily discussion post will, I think what we'll do is we'll hope they'll be posted at a year of war and peace um, and then cross posted to the Hemingway list so that we kind of link through to their subreddit. And what I was thinking would be cool is um, if everyone coming from the Hemingway list, we could have a flair to show that we're coming from the Hemingway list. I thought that might be kind of kind of cool. I'm already a moderator of um, of both subreddits, so that's cool. I can just sort of um, you know kill two birds with one stone by cross posting everything and and doing it that way. I think that's the best way to do it. I don't think there's any point having sort of two separate conversations about the same book with a lot of crossover between the same um, subscribers between those two subs. I think it's just cross-posted, one links to the other. You kind of merge the two together. And I think that'd be really cool. Um, and then at the end of the year, you know, one year in the future, we just kind of go back to how things were, I suppose. We go back to being just the Hemingway list. Uh, and they, if they want... I presume they'll read A Year of War and Peace again. I, I kind of feel like just year after year, that subreddit will just keep reading War and Peace. I don't think that's, you know, every year at the end of the year, there's talk of like, oh, so should we do it again? Is anyone interested? But then at the same time, at the end of every year, the subreddit like doubles in size of people who are excited to do it the next year or people who are just excited to do it again. Um, so I really think that that subreddit will just continue to grow every single year. Uh, I'm happy to moderate it next year at least, so that's cool. Um, And there's heaps of other a year of book clubs springing up here and there. So if you want a little more daily reading or maybe you're not interested in the war and peace thing or whatever, um, yeah, it's worth having a look around at like the sister subs and and seeing what they're doing in the near future. Uh, Anyway, we're talking about chapter 122. 
What was your favourite part of this book? And how did that ending leave you feeling? The ending, man, it was such a good ending, but such a, oh, not a, it was like an unsettling ending. It wasn't a satisfying ending, although it was kind of satisfying in that it just, um, it just confirmed everything, you know, like you think, oh, is Philip ever going to be happy or is he just going to keep doing the same thing over and over? And then that last chapter was just like a mini little circus of all the things Philip does. And it's like, yep, he's still doing all those things. Yeah. Oh, uh, and that is satisfying in a way because it does answer that question of, is he going to live happily ever after? And it's kind of like they do, the author does give you a little happily ever after. You think like if you don't pay attention, you're like, oh, cool. He got married and settled down. But if you are paying attention, you'll realize that, oh, no, he didn't really. He kind of settled. He didn't settle down. He settled. And the whole there were so many kind of red flags in that last chapter where, like, if there was more chapters to this book, we'd know exactly what was about to happen between those two. Or we'd have some pretty good guesses, at least. So, I don't know. Um, the The conclusion is that he's sort of not... Um, not fully kind of healed, you know, young Philip. He's he's broken in in a lot of ways, psychologically and emotionally, and we wonder is he ever gonna transcend that and and sort of grow up and and become a respectable man? And that the last que- the last chapter kind of answers that. At least it's, it it felt like it did for me. Uh, Lady Rostova had some comments about one uh, chapter one twenty one. Fair enough, because we did kind of cram two podcasts together in one yesterday. That's my bad. Uh, One chapter to go, and I hate Philip. He doesn't deserve happiness, and I really want him to go and get effed. You get the girl pregnant, and you're a doctor. Don't you know how it works? And then you think of yourself as sacrificing yourself, and uh, that your wedding gift for her is your sacrifice. When did you get your love for Spain, my man? Oh, wait, her father. I know he changed his mind, but even to think like that is despicable. Yeah, Philip was going through some weird emotions in that second last chapter. And now with the benefit of hindsight of the next chapter, we see that it's just an unhealthy ending. Chapter 122, Lady Restover says this. So... He got his so-called happy ending. I'm happy for Dr. South and Sally who will get what they want. The doctor won't be alone and Sally will have her own household. And why is he not over Mildred? I can't deal with this man, honestly. I really like the part where he realised that he really wanted was a normal, ordinary family life. You fill your head with all these big dreams and sometimes you realise all you needed to be truly happy was an ordinary life. Yeah, well he did, but then he changed his mind and then he um, when she said she was pregnant, he kind of changed his mind and went, whoop, whoop, nope, I don't want any of that. And then when she said she's not pregnant, he was like, wait a minute, yes, I do want all of that. And he's just flip-flopping. And you know that if this book went on for another couple of chapters, he'd do another couple of flip-flops. At least that's how I feel. Thoughts on the whole book. I enjoyed this book. It was very real. This is Lady Rustover. And some parts of it really resonated with me, probably the first time ever that I enjoyed a book while not liking even one single character. Doing this with you all was a pleasure and an honour. I'm going to listen to Anna Karenina and Madame Bovary in 2021. See you all again in 2022. Very cool. Um, 
that's cool. Oh, it's a shame that you're going to skip out on War and Peace. You're welcome to listen in to the podcast or contribute if you want. You might be over that book if you've read it before. You probably, I think a lot of people came from that subreddit. What I would suggest is um, consider reading it again with us because it is the kind of book that um, gets better with more readings. So they say. And I'm finding that so far too in my translating work. Rereading book one of it and, and going into detail and ripping it apart and rewriting it. Um, I'm really enjoying being back at the start of War and Peace. Other than that, there's plenty of other subs you could you could um, you could hop into, um, or, or, or we'll see you again in 2022. Also, stick around for the short stories and stuff that we're going to do for between now and January. Laura Wystitch says I agree with so much of what you said. The exception being that I have enjoyed books where I didn't like any of the main characters before. Uh, see you in 2022. I'm also sitting out War and Peace. Oh, come on, guys, get involved. War and Peace. There's going to be so many people doing it. Um, yeah, I think this was one of my favorite books on the Hemingway list so far. I think it's, it's in the top three. It's in the top three for sure. Uh, I liked it more than Anna Karenina. Karen, Karen, <laughs> I liked it more than Madame Bovary, The Red and the Black, Wuthering Heights, The American, The Enormous Room, Karamazov. Dubliners. I think the only ones I maybe were up there with this one is probably, um, well, War and Peace, if you want to include that. And um, what's it called? Uh, the Stephen Crane ones, The Blue Hotel, The Open Boat. I really liked them ones. Cutilli uh, said, This book became my favorite out of those that we've read so far from the Hemingway list. Me, being a young medical doctor, probably made me identify with Philip and enjoy this novel more than the average reader, especially in the later part of the book when he started pursuing medicine. I find the author's writing very perceptive and his characters lifelike. Those autobiographical bits undoubtedly contributed to them being so believable. I wanted a happy ending, but almost until the very end, I feared Philip will royally screw up something. I hope he one day visits Spain with Sally and their children, or maybe they spend their honeymoon there. Following Philip grow up and mature a chapter a day gave me a feeling of passage of time that I can only compare to a year of war and peace. I don't doubt you guys will enjoy Tolstoy next year, except those endless ramblings about Napoleon, of course, <laughs> the, uh, the epilogue. My Russian epic for 2021 is Quiet Flows the Don by Mikhail Sholohov which I've started about a week ago and I already like it. I'll be joining you when you reach the man. Um, very cool. Um, another thing that I would say is that what I'm going to do next year is, I think, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to be doing a bit of Twitch streaming. If you guys want to hang out and chit chat with me while I Twitch stream. I figured if I'm going to be working on this War and Peace translation, um, I might as well do a bit of streaming of while I'm working on it, just to sort of keep me company, to keep you guys in the loop. You guys can help me do a bit of translating if you want to have a bit of fun. I don't know. I'll see how I go with it anyway. People Twitch stream all kinds of things. People Twitch stream programming and and all, all kinds of stuff like that. So I figured, hey, why not give that a shot? So, I would urge you all, 
I know you're probably thinking, oh, I don't really want to get into War and Peace again, but it's going to be really good. I would just say that. Um, and also another thing I want to say before we reach the end of the podcast um, is that if you're going to stick around and do these Hemingway short stories starting um, today, what we're going to do, we're just going to flip it up a little bit. I'm going to post the short story on the subreddit with a discussion forum uh, and you'll just read it there and discuss it below. Um, and then I'm going to do the podcast backwards, if that makes sense. So what I'm going to do is read it and then discuss it in one podcast. So uh, I'm kind of flipping it up uh, only to the end of the year and then we'll go back to normal once we start the next book. Um, but yeah, because they're really, really short. Uh, I figured you guys can read them for yourselves and then I'll make a podcast, which is one sort of packaged deal. Uh, okay, Acoustic Eel says, Yes, I agree that the passage of time and the distance the characters travelled from start to finish was epic in feel, if not in actual scope. It's something I'm looking forward to with War and Peace next month. Hell yeah. Fix the Blue said, Overall, I actually enjoyed the book. I loved the characters. They felt real and genuinely flawed. Mildred was just the best bad guy for me. Total love-to-hate character. I didn't dislike Philip as much as some other readers seem to. Ultimately, in my opinion, he's a good guy, misled, a glutton for punishment, a pushover and a bit naive, but not a bad person. I think it, I enjoyed it more with the chapter-a-day pacing, especially through some of the drier chapters. I became pretty demotivated the comment, to comment fairly early on, but I did keep pace mostly. I did War and Peace this year, and my reading time has bottomed out with the addition of a little a little fix for book. Oh, very cool. 11 days early. So I wish you all the best, especially Ander. Your commitment to the project is so admirable. I did DM you before we started reading off Human Bondage, and the offer stands for War and Peace in 2021. Thanks for having me for this one. It's not a book I would have picked myself, but I'm glad to have read it. Oh, awesome. That's really nice, Fix the Blue. I appreciate that. Um... Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I think you know what I think you guys should do is just in January give it a give it a dabble, give War and Peace a dabble because I think this is my my goal is to have um, between the two subs more than ten thousand people participating in War and Peace next year. I think it's going to be the biggest year for a year of War and Peace, and I think we could be set to have a really good time. Um, plus, I'm going to have all these side projects going on. With the, with the Aussie translation and all that kind of stuff. So, could be cool. Um, what did you say that... Oh, yeah, Mildred being a good bad guy. She was a great bad guy. Really realistic, in, even though she was so ridiculous. Um, so ridiculous, but so realistic. It's great when an author can do that, isn't it? I am Norwegian said, I really disliked the first third or so of this book, but more and more I found myself caring about the story. I never really liked Philip, but I often identified myself with some of his struggles. The characters were all incredibly believable, which is good, because none of them are likable, well, except the Athelny family and Nora. I guess I don't really have a takeaway from the book, though. I'm glad I joined you guys for another book. It's been nice having this place to come to every day. Oh, yeah. Cheers, man. Me too. I, I completely think the same thing. Uh, having this place to come to every day has been the best thing about this year, just about. Um, Philip. Is Philip a good guy or a bad guy? <coughs> Whoa. 
I mean, he's not a good guy. I think we can all agree on that. And he is pretty shitty in a lot of ways. But also the author did a good way of unraveling that and kind of showing from the inside out why he's that way. And um, you kind of felt bad for him. It's almost like when you see, you know, your own family feeling shame and, and you just want to sort of protect them from that shame even though you understand why they feel ashamed, but you just kind of want to lift them up out of it. You know what I mean? It's The author's done a good job of bearing the character's soul to a point where um, we can understand why he's so... Um, well, confused, I suppose, is one word. You know, he, the, I think the, the fatal flaw of Philip is his incredibly low self-esteem... And even though he starts to build a little bit better self-esteem towards the end, he's still that's still his main problem. It's still incredibly low. Um, and But we, we know why he's got such low self-esteem. We understand that. And so when we see him lashing out because of that, we kind of, we want him to rise above. Uh, I Am Norwegian said, I will be joining the War and Peace discussion. Awesome. I'm reading the Anthony Briggs translation, but I'll try the Maud next time. I'm also getting a colleague to join. Ah, you are an absolute bloody legend. Um, Now, that's truly awesome. Maud is a good translation. Uh, It's really good. Anthony Briggs is... um, simplified, I'd say, a little bit. Um and modernized a little bit but Maud you kind of feel a bit like you're re- you, you feel more like you're reading a, a classic when you read Maud I think it, it has more of a classic feel to it um, it can be a little wordy but Tolstoy did this thing where he wrote long long sentences run on sentences that went for a, you know half a page um, but he once you sort of get into the syntax of how he does it your head start, your brain starts to unravel them in the right order automatically. When you first start reading Tolstoy, you'll, you'll muddle up, up the sentence structure and you'll realize halfway through a very long sentence that you're reading it with the wrong inflection. Uh, but then after, uh, you know, a couple of hundred pages, you start to fall into that syntax and then they the, the, the long sentences tend to just kind of unravel before you and um, it's a very satisfying thing. And with Maud, I think you get a stronger sense of that. Um, Star 415 says, I went into this book with no prior knowledge of the plot. Unlike the Russian, French or Bronte's novels, this one did not permeate as much in popular culture. True. Which is funny because it was such a great book. I loved how the author was able to bring us into Philip's mind and inner thoughts. It was quite frustrating to root for him, but at the same time, quite relatable. His observations about art, poverty, death, love and friendship were fascinating without being didactic. Thank you, Ander, for doing the podcast every single day. Quite impressive smiley face. You're most welcome. Thanks very much. Jan Brunt said, I really liked the book a lot. Philip felt real because he was so flawed. Probably the best characterization of a masochist I've ever read. The part that sticks out to me was Philip insisted that Mildred go to Paris with Griffiths. Oh, God. Twisting the knife into his heart metaphorically made me really feel how grotesque his love for her had become. Yeah. And um, I'm just thinking back to the scene earlier. I think he was an adolescent. 
was he a child or a teen? Um, when, when, before he be, lost his uh, religion and he moved in with his uncle and aunt and um, he was punishing himself, you know, I think he was, I don't know what he was doing, but it was some kind of self-flagellation um, and, a, and a, a kind of praying that his, his crippled leg would heal and he thought the more he punished himself, the more likely he was to get what he wanted and it's that kind of um, masochism that echoed throughout the book. The more you punish yourself, um, the more likely you are to, I don't know, um, I don't know. It was just this weird theme of, of, of self-punishment. Um, Jan Brunson, I recognize little bits of myself and my life in Philip's story. A young person searching for their place, meeting people who influence you to, to only to fade away or betray you or return and get old and sad like Crunshaw. I quite liked the ending. It was really fitting that a man who never had any more, sorry, had anyone, would cling to the comfort of a family. In the end, after his struggle and wandering, he found a place to rest for a bit. I wonder how long he would be satisfied by his new life to come. I reckon probably about 15 minutes. <laughs> and then you'll want to um, have something else. Although, you know what? You know what does give me hope? What does give me hope is I think if he had a child, if he did have a child, I think he would be really devoted to that child. And that would make some, that would make his life, you know, staying put and, and working in, in South, what's his name? Dr. South's office. I think a child would make him actually quite fulfilled with that. That's what uh, young Phil needs, a family of his own, you know. And hey, maybe that would help him finally overcome his insecurities. Um, all right, I think, I think we've, we've done that one. I think we're ready to move forward. So uh, head to the subreddit. I'm going to post um, the discussion forum and the story itself for um, the first of the short stories by Hemingway. The, the book we're reading by Hemingway is called Three Stories and Ten Poems. Uh, so it's a very generic name, but he actually did have a book called Three Stories and Ten Poems. So we're, we're, I'm going to post the first of those three stories, and uh, we'll jump right into it. Very excited to read some of the man himself, actual Hemingway. This could be really cool. Um, <laughs> I've got a very complicated and weird relationship with Hemingway's writing, and I'm, I'm sure I've talked about it at some point in this subreddit, probably over a year ago now, but I'm, I'll tell you again tomorrow in tomorrow's episode. But the gist of it is this. Hemingway is my favorite author of all time. That's fact number A. <laughs> fact number B is that I have never read any Hemingway. Both of those things are true. How can that be so? I'll tell you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for uh, reading of Human Bondage with me. Um, really enjoyed your company, your comments. Um, and hey, let's do it all again. All right, guys. I'll see you tomorrow.